Hey, this is Howard Jacobson, and I'm thrilled, thrilled, I tell you, to be joined on the phone today by Emily Nolan-Joseph. Hello, Emily. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm jumping up and down here. It's a good thing it's not a video call. <laughs> I'm but... thrilled, 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 too. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best imitation of a, of a Jack Russell here, so I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> to, to have this call. And hopefully, quite uh-huh. soon, folks folks will will know why. So, um, uh-huh. you you and I met um, a little over a year ago at a, uh, a vegan blogging conference. We were mm-hmm. s- sitting at the same table and started chatting, and I was just utterly fascinated by your story, your outlook, and the work you do in the world. So why, why, don't, why don't we start with, like, what you do, who you are, just you know, the 30-second sure. elevator speech so that we can orient folks. Well, yeah, so I'm Emily Nolan, and I have a blog that is Inspiration for Kind People, and the name is MyKindOfLife.com, and that started as um, an outlet for me as a plus-size model to really have a voice for first the vegan community and then it expanded into more of a compassion based compassion based lifestyle community and recently it kind of took off and started getting sponsors um namely Lululemon and Kind Snacks and a lot of companies that are interested in my message of health and wellness coming from a plus size model and I started a nonprofit called Topless, which is a body empowerment event through Radical Honesty. And it's a sports bra event. A lot of people are always confused, and it's shirtless for men. But the idea came from uh, once you expose your vulnerabilities, and a lot of times it's body image ideas of we're not allowed to have stretch marks or a soft stomach or maybe we're too thin or whatever it is, and you expose it, you realize everyone has something going on. And so all of a sudden you can look past these stories and start to really have these human conversations again. And so the idea started, and then I just launched my first official topless event. I've been having small ones, but we had a huge one in San Francisco, and it was so amazing. We sold out in a day. It was just, it was such an amazing event, and it was based around yoga and the event. The event can be, you know, all different types of events. We've had a topless wine tasting and, and really fun, exciting stuff. Um, but yoga seems to be a great vehicle for for shedding these body image labels. Um, so, yeah, those, that's what I'm working on. And I have another product I'm working on that is yoga involved. And I'm starting my yoga teacher training this weekend. So Ooh. I have all this stuff on my plate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So one of the things that makes you such a great advocate for the, the things you care about is your own story. And if we just look at sort of the top line, the resume stuff, right. uh, you know, talk, talk about radical honesty. If, you know, all of us, to some extent, try to present ourselves in a good light. Your resume is effing amazing. Right? Oh. You, you trained for the Olympics. You're a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a internationally renowned uh, model. And you say plus size, but you weren't always plus size. Right. You didn't always have right. an adjective in front of model. Um, right. You 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 went to uh, UNC Business School. Like you're you're a mm-hmm. you know your your top line achievements are impressive and they're they're deserved and they get people's attention. But what really strikes me is you know the the interstitial lows, the things that most people would never admit publicly that mm-hmm. you are extremely open about. So could you give us a little bit of the, of your yeah. tra- trajectory? Uh, oh, certainly. Stuff. Yeah, so you've highlighted my highs pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> and um, you've made me feel great. <laughs> my uh, The adversity I've been through in life, I think a lot of people have been through. So um, for a long time, I was afraid to be honest about it. And then I hit kind of this very um, spiritual point in my life where things changed and I decided to open up with radical honesty, not knowing what would come from it, but I started uh, being open about having 10 years of eating disorders. I had female athlete triad training for the U.S. Olympics, and that was what, several years. And, and that's, what, um, what, what is that, female athlete triad? 
female athlete triad is basically when a woman is going through puberty and she loses her period and she gets osteoporosis, gains eating disorders, and then develops something called body dysmorphic disorder. And consequently, I had something called body dysmorphic disorder, which is a fairly new new disorder, um, but it's very common. It's where you never think you're good enough and in terms of body image. So I would travel the world being on the cover of magazines and I never thought I was good enough and I was, you know, being paid for the way that I looked. Um, but, you know, I always wanted to change something and be different or be thinner, which was usually my goal. And trying to, like, juice cleanse or diet or whatever it is that I could, you know, starve myself again, whatever, to um, to look the way that I thought I should look instead of feeling worthy the way that I was meant to be. And um, consequently, I had... Can I jump in and ask a question about that? Sure. It seems like, like, I mean, I know when you describe body dysmorphic disorder, I'm, I'm racking my brain to think of women who don't suffer from it. Like, and there's a lot uh, of men that, I, that privately message me, but yeah, it's it's like Every woman, I would I wouldn't even say suffers because it's so common that it's just the way that we're hardwired to be now, and we really need to like unlearn the stupid things that we have learned. You know, we're spending. Yeah. When I stopped and I looked back in my history of what I would think about during the day, how many times I thought about my body was sick. You know, whether it was like in the mirror and looking at myself or an outfit change that you change like five times because you're not appealing enough and all these little things that I truly, the deepest part of me doesn't believe that we were put on this earth to think about. Um, I was thinking about them for the majority of the day. The majority of my waking hours, I was always, even when I was working, you know, as a model, you're always thinking about your body image and then you start living this label that you have to live up to being this size and being this, skin color and being this hair length and being all these little things that become who you are when really it's not who I am, it's what I do in this period of my life. Yeah. So what I mean what I was thinking is that for for a lot of women it's you know, these thoughts can be, you know, sort of like like sled drivers, constantly um, oh, yeah. affecting, you know, every every aspect of, of their thoughts, mm-hmm. of their lives. But there's there's a sense in which they might at some point realize that that these thoughts are unhelpful. I'm wondering for you as a model, did you have an, an excuse? Were you able to rationalize them to say, well, this is my paycheck. If I gain a pound here, my career could be threatened. Was it was it easier for you to hide behind a rational approach to body dysmorphic dysmorphic disorder because of your profession? Well, I will tell you. You go into your agency, and I've had instances where they've asked me to strip down into my underwear after Thanksgiving, and they're saying, okay, you're a little soft here. You need to work out. And so those little things is like I'm not they're not going to push me to clients because they don't think I'm fit enough or um, I need to be a size 14, which in plus-size modeling, that's this these last several years, that's been like the number one size for booking jobs. Um, and and how are you supposed to be something that, you know, maybe the universe hasn't intended you to, to be? And so for a long time I hid behind what you were saying is, you know, people having an idea of what I'm supposed to be, and I made excuses for that, whether it was, like, starving myself, obsessively working out, um, being a raw vegan, which isn't a terrible thing, but it certainly um, encumbered or it it hurt my my social life because I would say no to going out and I would like constantly focus on my food, which maybe if I had cancer would be an amazing thing, but I didn't, you know, I was like 20 years old and trying to be a model and travel the world. And, um, and then something funny happened when I finally gave up this, like trying to hold on to these excuses. And I was just saying like, you know, I'm just going to be free. I don't need to model anymore because I have this amazing 
blog going on and I have a couple other business models I'm working on that I know will succeed, you know, I'm just going to like relax into my fear all of a sudden. And all of a sudden I started booking all the top jobs and and people wanted me more and my rate went up. And it was just really amazing that, you know, when you finally, Danielle Laporta, who does the Firestarter series and she's written a bunch of different spiritual books, but she talks about instead of thinking about like how you want things to happen, you have to feel that way. And it's really true. And it's hard to teach someone that until they actually do it. But for me, it's like feeling um, that relaxing into my fear made me uh, a lot happier and 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 more successful as a as a model. And I think also as a you know as a role model for people to say, "Wow, this girl is really putting herself out there," and um, and I feel like I can too now. You know, I can come out about what what I've been struggling with and take my anxiety from a 10 to a 2, you know, when you publicly admit it. Right. Have, have you heard from other models, um, maybe, you know, sort of sitting in the green room before shoots or, or just, you know, via, via email that you've said you've named their experience but they were never able to, to speak it and they thought they were crazy? Like, have you been the validating force for, for people? Hmm. I I have gotten a lot of support through the modeling community in social media and people, my friends sharing my story. And I think maybe it's not their what makes them tick and light up, but they certainly are moved by it. You know, hmm. we all have our own things. Like for you, it might be you know food and vegetables and really getting that healthy diet. And um, for me, it's just body empowerment. So I found a lot of my supporters, they just come from everywhere. It's not just models. And um, and I don't really see myself as a model. I just, even though I guess I am, <laughs> I it's different. I used to, to label myself as a model, and now I just, I just don't, I don't live by any label anymore because, you know, tomorrow if my body was disfigured, you know, I would still be just as as brilliant as the universe has allowed me to be, but I would look different. So, um, but, but, yeah, I do, I do get support. I don't know if I've heard a lot from private sto- stories of models because most, a lot of the models I work with are, are they seem to be healthy just the way that they are. Hmm. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, so, um, I was just thinking when you said, you know, we all have our thing. Like, for me, it's food and nutrition. And that's absolutely right. true. Like, I really work hard to teach people about a healthy diet. And mm-hmm. when I'm on stage lecturing, you know, about science and politics and stuff like that, I can do mm-hmm. that and really focus on that kind of at arm's length. But when I work with people one-on-one, I've got to tell you that the main thing I'm working with is body dysmorphic disorder or people hate their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and I, t- you know, when you see, earlier when I asked you about women, you said, well, a lot of men have it too. So, you know, I would be maybe what I considered five or ten pounds overweight. I'd have a little stomach punch. I didn't have the, the, the six-pack or the, you know, ideally the 12-pack. I'd step out of the shower and I'd look at myself in the mirror, and I and I would tell myself what I was going to eat that day. And mm-hmm. the way I would address myself is, "You fat slob." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, it, wow. it, 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 it occurred to me, and you know, no one ever like this wasn't me going in public and getting looks, or you know, people fearing that I was going to sit next to them on airplanes. This was entirely in my own head. And right. yet it was it was so powerful uh, that you know I, I totally get that that men have this too. And right. when I work with anyone around food, ultimately it comes down to: Are you doing this to punish yourself, or are you doing it mm-hmm. to reward yourself? And if you, right. if you you know if, if your if your subtext is you fat slob. There is no way you will ever be successful in changing the way you eat. Yeah, for sure. 
And I think just by focusing on um, the way you feel and not the way you look will change the way you look, but you really genuinely have to be focused on eating to feel amazing, you know, eating to feel right, eating for energy, eating for compassion, whatever you choose um, to be, you know, the reason. But, yeah, when you focus on, you know, for me, it's like our body is never us. Because if you look at my body 10 years ago, I didn't look the way I look now. And then if you look at my body 20 years ago, I definitely didn't look the way I did now. So really, our body is just our vehicle, and we're not a beauty equation. You know, we're just, this is just our birth suit, our vehicle to move through life. And <laughs> who made the beauty rules anyway? Like, who cares about five pounds on your stomach? You're awesome. You know, look what you look what, look at your statement to the world. You're writing these amazing books and talking about life-changing ideas of of nutrition and health. You're amazing. Yeah, thank you. And 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 I agree. And part of me was going, you got to lose those five pounds, or people will discover you're a fraud. <laughs> oh yeah. We all have that thought. I'm sure, even for one of my topless events, my my um, guest yoga instructor had a photo shoot that day, and and she chose to teach the topless event because she said every time she has a photo shoot, she has to like starve herself and dehydrate herself and look try to look thin because she's a yoga instructor, and every yoga instructor needs to be like a ballerina thin, mm-hmm. and. And she just started laughing. She said, yeah, and then I had this opportunity to teach a body empowerment class, and of course I was going to take that opportunity. Um, But, yeah, you know, I think even by you admitting the fact that you have five pounds and maybe people will will think you're a fraud, it's so honest and, and it's so real. You know, people, and you're not the only one that feels that way. Oh no! I think uh, I think it's universal. Um, yeah, totally. You know, for for, for me, the ba- whatever I say, I'm working on the basis is I think what you des- you describe as radical honesty, which yeah. is can you feel everything you're feeling, and mm-hmm. can, you know, can you be forget about your body? Can your spirit be a big enough container to tolerate all the shit that's going on inside your head? Right. And, you know, because, you know, the minutes, like I've never seen anyone be radically honest and, and, and you know, get real vulnerable and in the right context not get support and not allow right. other people to then drop their own pretenses and say, Ooh, you know what, we're all in this big hot mess together. And right. we, can, we can stop pretending. We can stop peddling furiously to stay in place. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it takes that thought of, like, when when we are all in it together, you start to realize it's just that one big waste of time that we've been we've been so focused on something that is always going to change. You know, and the one thing that's not going to change is our spirit. So um, I know it sounds funny, but Beyonce has that song, Pretty Hurts, and she said it's the soul that needs the surgery. You know, it's like, it's it's inside that that you need to constantly be working on. It's not the body because we're always changing. Right. <laughs> um, so so one one question I have for you is uh, in, in many ways your story throws a bunch of wrenches into a lot of the narratives, the convenient cultural narratives around food and fitness and health. Um, yeah. So for, for example, in the you know the plant based or vegan community. Um, there's there's a lot of debate with, like, the paleo doctors. And one of the ways right. in which we try to score points in the plant-based community is to point out that the paleo doctors are all fat, right, while, <laughs> while our doctors are all, you know, stick skinny and spry and, and doing somersaults on stage in their 80s. And <laughs> to, to some extent, there is, you know, you don't want to go to a doctor who's, you know, morbidly obese and smoking and has halitosis and, and, and all that. But there is a lot of what I would consider fat shaming 
in right. in the plant-based community. How how do you how do you navigate advocating for you know for, for a healthy diet um, with without telling people that you know they have to be a certain look and size for for them to know that it's working. Right. I'll tell you a story. My brother, when I started Topless, my body empowerment event, he asked me how I would speak to someone that was considered obese and how I would how I would suggest to them that what what my suggestion would be for their first step on on becoming healthy. And and I told him radical honesty. And once you can see your body and be honest with what's going on inside of it, whether it's cancer, whether it's just extra weight, um, diabetes, heart disease, whatever you have going on, and you admit to yourself, this is my vehicle, this is what's going on, and now I'm going to adopt something that's going to make me feel better and, and ultimately change the direction I'm headed in, and um, that's really where I would start, you know, in, in trying to teach people whether they're super thin and have an eating disorder, whether they're a size 10 and have an eating disorder, because you certainly don't need to be thin to have one or a body image disorder, um, or whether you're obese. Um, it's really just being honest about your vehicle, your earth suit, and starting that journey towards health. Uh, that's, that's, I love the way you talk about the body both as something very intimate and also something very impersonal. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of clothes that you put on. And it is. It, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to identify with it in the same way. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. It's It's a blessing. Every time we take a breath of air, I mean, we've won the lottery, you know, like to think that my soul has chosen this body and and this body I'm in is capable of doing handstands and running miles and writing amazing papers and, and inspiring people and traveling and all these and eating and digesting and, you know, all these amazing, amazing and healing, you know, we're just so amazing. And, and we just see like five pounds, like there's five pounds. And then you see all, like all the other pros that I've just listed and, and, you know, we just see these negative things because we're so hardwired to to be judgmental of life and of everything. Mm. I want to ask you about that because you, you, uh, your tagline for my kind of life is inspiration for kind people. And, mm-hmm. like, why is kindness hard? <laughs> is it not our natural It's so hard. <laughs> you know, I, I actually feel inspired to write an article about it because even – when I write inspiration for kind people, and maybe this is another form of radical honesty, um, I still feel like a total jerk sometimes. You know, I'm just, I'm judgmental. I'm um, sometimes mean in terms of, like, the way that I think. But, you know, I think we all strive to be kind or we all want to think of ourselves as kind. So it's really a working project of rewiring the way that our brains have been developed to think whether it's like oh she doesn't look that good or looking at all the celebrity pictures and saying oh like who's hotter this girl or you know and um and I just thought you know it's time for a change and I think people want to 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 read this and to see you know to be a part of this community that's kind kind based kind centric and to start that journey backwards towards the way that we're really meant to be a tribal primal i would say community even if we are global we do have internet that does connect us and and we are still we are still that primal creature in that way where you know we can work together to build something really amazing instead of constantly playing Jenga, the, you know, life Jenga where we're taking blocks out from each other and letting each other's towers fall over, if you will. Mm. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I've never thought about this before, but when what really inspires me, like, uh, I just did an interview with uh, with John Pierre, who's the, mm-hmm. you know, the 
vegan fitness trainer, and he's an amazing guy, and he's done so many wonderful things, and you know, they're, they're, he's certainly an inspiration. And I actually find it more inspiring to see people kind to themselves than like mm-hmm. John Pierre or Dalai Lama. Like there's something that touches me much more deeply when I see someone admit their own frailty. Like you just said, sometimes I feel like a jerk. Like that, right. that just moved something in my chest to, you know, <laughs> and I, can, I can feel like, like a flush in my face. Like, there, like there's an emotion that comes right. up to hear you say that but not say it in a self-deprecating or a self-blaming way. Like this is, this is what happens. This is my life experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it seems like, you know, is, is that kind of, you know, kindness ground zero is kind to yourself? For sure, yeah. And, and really it's all based around, again, radical honesty. It's just be, it's being human again. You know, we, we have escaped that idea um, and relied on, on other people. And, and now, you know, we need to get back to who we are what our what our mission is here and you know what what makes us tick and for me kindness is is something that i lacked a lot in my life i had an amazing upbringing an amazing family just a lot of love but there are moments in my life where i felt that i could have used more kindness and if i can empower that in let's say that 15 year old girl that i used to be and struggled with body image and and I can be vulnerable and expose that to her or to him, um, you know, then my journey's worth it. That's why I'm here on earth. That's, I know that, you know, and, and so, uh, so yeah, it starts with kindness. It starts with, with self-love and empowerment, radical honesty. And it's, it's funny because I encountered radical honesty, um, Maybe a decade ago, it was, a, it was a book, the title of a book, and mm-hmm. what I took from that as a you know uh, late thirties male was that radical mm-hmm. honesty was telling everybody exactly how you felt about them, <laughs> and it, <laughs> I it, it, was, it was kind of the opposite of kindness. So to right. hear, to, to hear the, <laughs> if you're a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, you know, there was there was an interview that I read with, in the magazine with the guy who'd written the book. I can't remember his name, but he, right. you know, according to the interview, he was like pretty brutal. Like that was a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, I feel like you're wasting my time right now. And it's like, okay, great. Well, I know where I stand, but you know, this conversation has really stitched together the true purpose of radical honesty, which is when you know mm-hmm. the. That just just blurting things out doesn't make you any more honest. The, no. You know, that, that there's there's a depth of looking that you need. I to, think you need the right intention as well. You know, if your intention by blurting it out is to hurt someone, you know, I think that you actually need to look at inside of yourself. Even if you are using radical honesty to say how you feel, and and let's say you are that guy that's like blurting out really rude things. And maybe it's it's a learning tool for him to sit back and look at how much of a jerk he is and how he can actually transform himself into a more kind person, a more compassionate person, um, maybe a listener instead of a talker. Maybe there are things that he needs to work on, um, and that's his tool to observe um, what, what he can improve on. Mm, yeah, everything... That's another great outlook, that every problem is an opportunity for growth. It's a, it's a door right. you're invited to step through. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about uh, topless yoga. So, yeah. So for, first of all, the, the, the name topless yoga sounds a little bit tongue-in-cheek to me. It was, <laughs> was, that, was that intended to sort of, you know, be both empowering and a little bit naughty? You know, it's... It it was stupidly simple. It's how I like to say it. I just, I wanted to shoot a web TV show with a body empowerment meditation and make it about shedding labels and shedding, like, 
you know, any idea of, of who you're supposed to be and just to relax into who you're who you're meant to be. And so the more the night before I shot the the web T V show, I decided I was gonna take my shirt off, do it in my sports bra on the beach at sunrise and um if any of my friends wanted to come they were welcome to join me. And I showed up and twenty five people were there cheering me on at like six in the morning. It was really an amazing event. But I just I kind of stupidly called it topless yoga so that my friends would come knowing that we were shooting a video and taking our shirts off. Um and and it just stuck. And it wasn't it's not necessarily all yoga based. It is one of the vehicles I use, but topless is trademarked as just topless and um it's a double entendre of saying, you know, we're topless, meaning we're shirtless, um, but also we are topless in being infinite. We have no cap to who we are, and and we don't need the shirt or the clothing to make us feel any greater than who we are truly meant to be. So that's where topless came from. <laughs> I, I like it. I think it's, you know, <laughs> first it gets, it gets our attention because we have to start where people are. What's that? We have to start where people are. Right. So if there, if there are people who are going to pay attention to you because they're going to be titillated, like, ooh, top of the show, right. let me check that out. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, so you know, I watched the, the, the video about the San Francisco event, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's beautiful. And there's, there's, you know, shots of people doing yoga and mostly your voiceover um, mm-hmm. telling everyone how beautiful they are. Um, yeah. At what point do people start believing it in your experience as opposed to like, okay, this is the politically correct thing for me to, you know, want to believe? When when does it right. when does it sink in? I'll give you my experience. So I <laughs> I I'm learning to play the piano right now. And I just decided I would do this several months ago. And then in the beginning, I totally sucked at it. But now I'm so much better. And I just like started playing a blues song the other day. And I'm really grooving and having a great time. And in being topless and really letting it sink in, I was thinking, wow, what a great illustration of, of my journey through a lot of things in life. But you know, the first time you take your shirt off and you're in this amazing community of supportive people who are doing the same thing, they're there for different reasons, but really the same idea of being radically honest and shedding labels and just being as you are. Um, That public statement of taking your shirt off, at first you're extremely nervous and you're not sure what is going on, uh, what to expect, if your life will actually change or not, if it's just a crock in, in a marketing ploy. Um, and and throughout the event, you forget about your body. You forget that you were so nervous about your cellulite or your stretch marks or not being strong enough or being soft, too hard, whatever it is. And, um, and, when you realize that, when you when you it's basically when you snap out of that meditative state, I think that's when you start to realize, oh, I see what this work is about. I'm I need to do this again. Like I need to keep practicing. And mm. so even outside of my topless events, I started taking my shirt off in yoga, um, when I started jogging in Miami and in different stages to really get over that fear of my body. And and at the same time, which is an amazingly beautiful thing, to empower other people to feel that they're great enough also to do it and to feel to feel amazing no matter how they look. And mm-hmm. um, And so it's really like piano. It just I continue to practice and practice and practice, and every time I started believing it more. And um, that's the best way I can I can illustrate it. Mm. It reminds me of something a, uh, a teacher once told me. It's just discerning the distinction between privacy and secrecy. And it feels like like topless in a sports bra maintains your privacy, but mm-hmm. 
it does away with the need for secrecy. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I've had offers to do really topless events from um, a very well-known hotel that is known for, like, being a little racy. Uh-huh. Um, and I I was flattered, but I wanted to keep the idea very polished and inclusive to all ages and all sexes and and just be... And keeping the idea around body empowerment and not just saying, like, okay, we need to all be naked, yoga, and, and you know, like, run around like we're primal creatures again. It's really just about, like, the idea of being there. And you don't need to be naked to shed those labels. I guess you can do it in your home, you know, and, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I totally, that's fine. You can do that. Um, but But even from my experience, just being on my sports bra and taking my shirt off, at the size that I'm at, it feels extremely empowering to be amongst my friends who who know what I'm doing, who are there to support my journey. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing by giving them the opportunity to do the same to to do the same thing if they would like to. And saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not gonna judge you because if anyone were to be judged in the room, it would be the girl that's a size fourteen, you know, and all these yoga girls are size zero. <clears throat> but um yeah. Yeah, so um so I had a question that just slipped my mind for a second. Let me uh No worries. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what I was gonna ask about. So, you know, you, you people can do this work, they can do the the workshops with you, they can work on it on their own. But the the truth is when especially a woman goes back out into the world she is going to get all the negative stuff reinforced. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been sensitized. I am a guy, but I've been sensitized to this by my female friends, by having an mm-hmm. 18-year-old daughter, by having a wife, and just by paying attention that this is a, a culture and a society that is relentless in its evaluation mm-hmm. of women's bodies. How do, mm-hmm. how do you help women who, you know, finish the topless class, go out, and then they're catcalled on the street or right. they're made to feel not enough or, you know, right. I don't know, watching, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the stuff with the Senator Hillenbrand in New York. Right. Apparently mm-hmm. been told about her body by male senators. How do, you, right. how do you help people withstand that onslaught and stay true to themselves inside? That's a great question because as a model, I'm in like the number one media and advertising industry where everything's photoshopped, everything is about image, and yet at the same time, it's almost like um, like black and white. You know, I'm talking about uh, body empowerment and how image is not us. And at the same moment, I'm I am an image. I am a model. So it's a great question because I've had people ask me how I feel about media and advertising. And I said, you know, I feel like people are very talented in this world. And some people are talented at at lighting. And some people are talented at taking photos. And some people are talented at putting ads together. And, um, And I respect that. But it doesn't change the way my mind is because I know what's what's real and honest. But now I can look at an advertisement and not say, I need to look like Giselle Bunchen and be that thin, I can step back and I can say, that's a beautiful ad. I love the way they put that outfit together. The lighting is great. I love the filter. Um, it looks great, you know, and, and I can respect it in a kind, positive way instead of saying, like, oh, that's complete crap. They photoshopped her and it's not real, and she probably gets paid a million dollars, like, for a photo shoot, you know, all these negative ideas, and instead of stepping back and saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to be positive, because it's not everyone's intention to to make me feel upset, you know, like, this is this is a great thing, I can respect it for what it is, and, and move on, because for me, like, that's not what life is about, and I think if you approach it from that perspective of, just being okay with with things that 
don't make you tick, mm. uh, then I think it's a safer way to approach the media and advertising and the peer pressure. You know, if the girl girls in high school all decide to skip breakfast and lunch every day and not tell their parents about it because they all want to be thin together, you know, you can approach it and say, like, hey, I respect, you know, your idea of what you think is healthy, but, like, for me, you know, I know what health is. I know what the truth is. I know what makes me happy, what fulfills me, what makes me tick. Mm. Yeah, and the the truth is, I think, in this, I think is borne out by your experience, the moment you start to feel comfortable in your skin, you start having this crazy disproportionate impact on people. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right? So, you know, you're like trying so hard to make a name for yourself. Tell you, you relax and just start telling the truth. And all of a sudden, like sponsors are coming out of the woodwork. And like, right. like this, the, to the top of this thing is taken off like crazy. Yeah. And it's because it represents a resting state. You know, everything mm-hmm. in nature wants to wants to get to rest. And when people say, look, Emily is pretty cool about this. She she's right. not tied up in knots. Gosh, I want I want that. I want I want my own mind to come to rest in a similar place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a contagious feeling, whether it's me promoting it or if I you know, I always say that the people that come to my top list events, they leave as empowered people in their communities. And so, you know, I've kind of passed the baton onto them to continue that empowerment on their own level and in their own community. And um, and it, it's very contagious. You know, once you want to be around those people. You know, that's that's the person in the room you always want to be around is the one that doesn't care what you look like and the one that won't judge you and the one that's just there to to be compassionate and 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 really talk about real human things, you know. Right. So, and, and that's something else I had a note to maybe ask you, and I wasn't sure whether I wanted to, but this kind of brings it around. Um, so in, in the vegan community, there's a, there's a, a flurry of debate and discussion right now about specifically female ex-vegans who um, – has said that the veganism was part of their own body dysmorphic disorder. And, um, there's, you know, vegans tend not to like ex-vegans very much. And there's been a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of vitriol flying, a lot of hurt, um, a lot, a lot of anger. And, you know, so how do you, how do you, you, um, as as a vegan and an advocate for a kind, compassionate lifestyle, talk to people about that issue without making them feel bad. Mm, talk to the issue about people, you know, body dysmorphic disorder and veganism. You know, well, specifically, like just in general, about you know, I, I, there was a, a post that came across my Facebook page today, basically saying. If you, you know, I'm a vegan, if you're not a vegan, don't ask me to respect your choice to eat meat because I wouldn't respect your choice to own slaves, to uh, right. brutally rape and murder people. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. that, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, exactly. How, you know, so yeah. you, as, as a vegan, you have a sense of things that are right. wrong with the world, injustices. Yeah. And no, I, yeah, how, yeah. so how do, how, do you, how do you present that with compassion and non-judgment? Right. Well, you just answered the question. I don't judge anyone else or their journey because I I don't know what their life is like in their earth suit, you know, and it's it takes so much time to to waste on judging someone else's life and I feel like you know, I've judged my own life for so long, I'm just ready to live unbridled and to be an example as opposed to be a preacher. And if they choose to choose a healthier lifestyle, maybe not adopt a vegan lifestyle. And I think we can both relate to this on some level. I remember when I met you, you said, like, I'm I'm not necessarily a vegan, but I'm a plant-based eater. And and I I can agree with that 100% is that 
I actually don't call myself a vegan anymore, even though I eat in that way. I I don't choose to call to to choose any label. I just live and and who knows what will happen tomorrow. I'm a compassionate animal lover. I'm a health and wellness um chooser and and if that continues to be what what is called vegan or plant based then I'll continue on that journey. But you know, I can't judge anyone. I think judgment's like the worst way to try and to help someone. So yeah, I can offer them information and and books like you've written and and to give them a way to and for me um becoming a plant based eater helped me recover from eating disorders because I could finally connect with the food on my plate and know that it was good for me and know that it was compassionate and and on like many levels it was just a good way for me to start eating again. Um but you know, it's just non judge non judgment, like you said. <laughs> you can't judge and and it rubs me the wrong way when people say these crazy things and and they want me to review videos of slaughterhouses and all these crazy things. I'm like, you know, I have some amazing, very proficient, prolific writers that have amazing blogs that will cover this stuff, but I I don't. I cover the positive stuff and it hurts my heart to see the negative stuff going on in the world and, and I think I, you know, want my story and my brand to be about the the positive side of the journey and the beautiful parts of being kind. Mm. I, I, I love that choice. I love the way you talk about it. Yeah. Well, you do it the same way, you know? Well, you know, here's another moment of radical honesty for me is that sometimes I see these and I get so judgmental of the people who are being judgmental. Right. <laughs> and then I have to go, oh, look. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's nothing there's nothing yeah. like, you know, I mean, one thing I've learned in my many years of, of introspection and kind of working on my inner mess is that everything that bugs me in the outside world, I can find sure. a, a giant vat of it inside me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like we said, your thing is health and wellness and, and nutrition and my thing is body empowerment. And some people's things is animal advocacy. Um, which we have a little bit of that inside of us because that is part of our journey or, you know, maybe it's just health and wellness space. Um, some people it's environmental, some, you know, everyone has their own thing. So right. and that, how can I judge that? Because without that, you know, I, the earth wouldn't turn. <laughs> well said. So I just heard I'm, I'm on your Facebook page um, and yeah. I'm looking at the photo of the uh, because the San Francisco shoot, everyone's hands up, smiling in the uh, in the yoga store, and yeah. I can't see exactly, but it looks like there might be two or three men in yeah. in attendance. And mm-hmm. I want to be careful because you know, so we're we're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of work on empowering women to change the way they think and to look be more positive about their bodies and um, and their spirits and. Yes, this is largely a male problem in terms of men right. objectifying women, men being right. rude to women, men feel you know playing video games in which you know they you know, find hookers and then shoot them. And so, what would you? you know, <laughs> so, I, I don't. You said you have another project that you're working. on. I don't know what it is, but if you yeah. could wave your magic wand and reach out to boys. You know, what would what would you tell them? What do you what do you think we should be doing with with boys around how they send messages to girls and women? Hmm. I think it's really a matter of of parenting, actually. So maybe it's it's waving the magic wand at parents and just saying, I really think our true instinct is to to be nice to each other. And and if we could teach parents to just let the kids be exactly the way that, you know, the universe has allowed them to be, that things would kind of heal themselves, you know. And I get the same thing. I know we're talking about body image, but even with veganism, people say, oh, well, your kid is definitely going to rebel, and they are definitely going to eat a big hamburger in front of you when they're 15. And I'm like, you know, if they did, I'm at peace with that. 
that's okay because that's their choice and they're human. You know, my mom would never try and tell me, you can't be doing this because, um, you know, you can't have a topless nonprofit because the word topless is too racy and we're from a conservative family. You know, she's she's super proud at all my accomplishments. And, and I think that, I don't know if it's like waving a magic wand at boys because there's there's no solution to these games of, you know, naked hookers getting shot or whatever you said. And I think it'll exist. Um, as long as, as the foundation is there, like I said, where you know what's true in your head and your heart and you're taught that with conviction um, and, and really shown that with conviction because a lot of parents may say something but not and not do it. Um, I think I think things will be okay, you know. And, and maybe there will always there will always be some negativity in the world because that's the way we're hardwired. And maybe those people haven't learned yet um, how to be kind, or maybe they've never experienced love before, and and we need to be the ones to show them that way. Um, so I think there's also a responsibility for the people um, around the boys you know, or around the girls or anyone to say, you know, I'm responsible for for empowering the people that I'm with. So it's a bit of like social responsibility. Mm. I, I hear running through every one of your answers is what feels to me like a very deep faith that 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 there's goodness at heart. That, yeah. That of all all the stuff that's going on that would cause us pain is is somehow extra. You know, it's and and so that right. doing doing extra to combat it is sort of adding on to it. Would you say that's true? That there's that there's there's a way in which the, the answers to all these intractable problems is actually quite simple. Oh yeah. Yeah, one of the things my husband and I always say is keep it simple, stupid. And it's it's just being simply stupid. And, I mean, I'm not saying that's the answer to everything, but I think when you complicate things and it just makes it, you know, makes it complicated. Yeah, and then when I look at the problem, my first reaction is, well, we need a program for this and we need an intervention for that. And I think that was the the energy behind asking, like, what would you do with the boys? And your answer right. is so simple. Like, people want to be good. They want to be kind. We have to get out of their way. Right, and we have to empower them to, to be good and kind, you know, to encourage it and to teach that. I mean, I'm sure there's discipline that you need and um, and and teaching, right, because we all are teachers. Um, but, yeah, it's it's pretty simple. Right. And I don't even have kids. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it comes back to, to radical honesty. Because when I, when I realize, when I think back on my life and all the unkind things that I thought and said, specifically around body image, and all the things that I learned from my parents around mm-hmm. how people should look and what it means if they don't look that way, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no way that's not, that's not living and breathing inside me. And if I if I don't right. look at if I don't look it square in the face, it leaks out no matter what my conscious intentions. Right. And I think even if negativity does come out, you know, which it does, I mean, you know, there are parts of me that even like I'll look at myself in the mirror still, and I'll be like, oh, if only I didn't have like a pimple on my chin or, you know, like these <laughs> stupid things. Like in 50 years, I would be, even like tomorrow, I won't even remember that I yeah. you know, had a breakout. Um, but if these like little negative thoughts, whether it's like judging friends or judging yourself, whatever, they come out, it's okay. Like you can forgive yourself and, and just move on because it's it's the way that life is. You know, it's a balance. It's like a teeter-totter and you just have to, continue to say, okay, is it a big deal? No. Forgive yourself, move on. Right. It's almost like when you talk about your body not being personal. It's simply, you know, it's a vehicle and it's gorgeous. I sometimes try to think that about my thoughts. Like, I didn't choose right. that. I didn't choose that thought. I didn't wake up and make a list of the thoughts I wanted to have. Like, right. 
that one, you know, it popped in like a cloud overhead. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Wayne Dyer says the same thing. He he says that he is he doesn't say what he says. He doesn't think what he thinks. The universe puts it in his mind, and he's just the vehicle for for this message that just is channeled through him. And and I can relate to that. And I think what you just said is completely the same thing. You don't choose to do what you're doing. You're already your life is pre-written, you know, like you're you're already hard, hardwired to do exactly what you're doing and you're listening to it and you're succeeding that way. Right. This, it, it takes so much of the pressure off that it makes it easier to to make generous and compassionate choices. Yeah. It's true. So before we close, I'm curious what's what's up for you? I know the, the, the top list Events are, are taking yeah. up a lot of your time and energy. You know, what, what yeah. becoming a certified yoga teacher? Like, where 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 should where should we watch the horizon for the the bright star? Yeah, memory? great question. So I am doing an event where it's rewriting Valentine's Day, and it'll be um, instead of loving someone else, Valentine's Day will be about self love, and it's going to be a topless event in five or six major U.S. cities, which I'll release on my blog, mykindoflife.com, and in several global cities. So we're going worldwide with topless yoga. It's going to be a vehicle through yoga, and um, and it'll be on Valentine's Day, which is a Saturday this year, or in 2015, all at the same time, happening at the same time, and, and in different time zones. So it's going to be really exciting to see topless yoga interpreted in different languages and what self-love means to different countries because I've encountered that through my modeling experiences. Um, Self-love in the U.S. might be loving your body, um, but in the Middle East it might be like taking your burqa off or like feeling like you're beautiful enough um, to show your ankles or to smile with your teeth showing and all these different ideas of self-love. And so Valentine's Day is going to be my big day. Wow. That's the that's, next big event that I'm planning. That's, that's such a great uh, judo move on Valentine's Day, which is <laughs> for, for so many people all about, you know, what's my sexy report card. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you get to grade yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, I love that. Can, is there a way right. for folks to, to to get involved if they're hearing this and they say, "Hey, I'd like to participate or sponsor or or join up"? What What was the question again? Is there a way for folks who are inspired by this to to get involved in some way? You know, to, to, yeah. to sponsor an event or how, how should yeah. how should people who want to move this forward? What's the next step they should sure. take? Well, I'm hiring three volunteers for each city. And I'm going to announce the cities on my kind of life. So pay attention to when we announce. And it will also be on my social media. And if anyone would like to sponsor the event or work with me, which I'm working with Lululemon already and Kind Snacks and several other um, events. And I've had inquiries on the Today Show. It might be in Manhattan on the Today Show, which is so exciting. Um, You can always email me. My email is public information. It's emily at mykindoflife.com. And feel free to email me. I answer my own emails. So I would love to um, have your support. And whether you want to just spread the word on social media or volunteer on a larger level, that would be amazing. And if you're a photographer, a videographer, um, media that wants to donate your time towards promoting the event, I would greatly appreciate it. You can reach out to me also. Awesome. I, I, Thank I, I you. Hope, I hope a lot of people listening to this will be so moved. I would love to, I'd love yeah. to see one event in uh, every every state and every country in the world. Yeah, I I have a long list of cities. <laughs> so we're we're in the process of elimination right now in the focus group and and we're trying we're trying very hard. Um we're going to make a video for the people that can't make it to the event so that they can do it from home as well. Hmm. Wow, cuz you know, I'm I'm thinking again, everything that I'm trying to do in the world is really predicated on the foundation of 
people loving themselves, being compassionate with themselves, and and seeing a oneness as opposed to seeing everything as, as you know, if we're all separate, then we're all in competition to some extent. Right. You know, then mm-hmm. the man or the woman that I'm sitting next to on the bus is somehow, you know, in competition for a mate or for resources. And, right. You know, so the work you do is utterly essential for the work that I do. So I I honor you, I honor you for it, and I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. And I turned my my daughter on to your work because I know that's really oh, really thank you. it's really really important for her to hear it, and she can only hear so much from from her you know middle aged white dad about. Um, no, father figures are great. Yep, yep. I'm doing I'm doing what I can, but uh, it's great to have allies like you. Oh, thank you. And and in the same, I honor everything that you've done because you started my journey into plant based lifestyle and opened my eyes to kindness. So I respectfully honor you as well. Oh, I'm I'm taking that in like a like a hot toddy. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that is, but it sounds good. A hot toddy, of course. Yeah. So, Emily Nolan, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank I feel you. I feel so jazzed and empowered and and full of full of love for uh-huh. for 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 you and the work you do and for the whole world of of, of uh-huh. all these of all these souls. Um, looking for love and hopefully with your guidance starting to find it in all the right places. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. Take care. Be well. Bye. Bye.